This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. He, he wants <laughs> nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Bull in Cleveland on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, everybody. Once again, it's Adam the Bull, and this is The Bull in Cleveland. And on today's episode of The Bull in Cleveland, brought to you by Bet Rivers, we're going to go for a deep dive into one of the Browns' most impressive victories since they've returned in 1999. You heard me right. One of their most impressive victories. We'll get to it. Plus, a few thoughts on the awful Sunday night football game. But first, I want to remind you to get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same game parlays on any game with the squares icon to earn a square. Plenty coming up on this edition of The Bull in Cleveland with me, Adam the Bull. Part of the Bet Rivers Network. It's the Bull in Cleveland with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Folks, before we have some fun and dive into football, uh, I am obviously recording this on September 11th. I just wanted to spend just a few seconds on it. It's hard to believe for those of us who are old enough, uh, you know, if you're a kid, if you're even a young 20 year old, even a mid 20 year old, you don't know really have a feel for what this day means. But hard to believe, uh, obviously, someone who was born and raised in New York, I was living in upstate New York at the time, not New York City, but uh, it's hard to believe it's been 22 years since September 11th, but, uh, and and how much life has changed for all of us, right? You know, everybody was affected, but anyway, to those who were most affected, if anybody's listening, some of us still remember, um, and it makes you just think about the day and and what that day and the following days were like following September 11th Uh, on a much lighter note, the first week of the NFL season off to a very interesting start. I think what people got to remember is don't overreact to week one, either positively or negatively. That being said, I wanted to do a deep dive into the Browns victory over the Bengals because this was a big, big win for Cleveland. The Browns, since two, since since Jeff Garcia led them to victory in Cleveland 19 years ago in 2004, the Browns had played 11 week one games in Cleveland. They had lost 10 and had one tie against the Steelers. But yesterday, that streak ended. The Browns were dominant on defense and dominant on the ground en route to a 24-3 beatdown of the Cincinnati Bengals. And let me put this into perspective for you 
what the Browns have done really, and, and they've, they've owned the Bengals for a few years here, but really I want to look at just the last, you know, yesterday plus the last two years, because that's when they've, the Bengals have been good. The Browns have beaten the Bengals four out of five times during that stretch. Now, one of them, in fairness, the Bengals were resting all their starters at the end of the 21 season. So I'll throw out that game, but still three out of four in the last two plus years. And if you think about this, in 2021, the uh, the Bengals only lost one game. They either won or lost by a field goal in less or less in every game but two. One of those losses to the Browns, 41-16. They also got blown out by the Chargers in 2021. Last year, 2022, the Bengals won every game or lost by three or less, except to the Browns, 32-13. to 13. This year, one game so far, the Bengals lost 24-3. So since the start of the 2021 season, the Bengals have played, uh, let's see, 33, 34, 38, 40 games, including the playoffs. The Bengals have played 40 games, including the playoffs. And they have only lost three by more than three points. In 37 games, the Bengals have either won or lost by a field goal or less. And in the only three games where they didn't, two of those three were to the Cleveland Browns which is absolutely remarkable. It really is. It's crazy. Uh, I'm sorry. I said two out of three. There were four games. There's only four out of the 40. And three of the four were to the Cleveland Browns. Absolutely remarkable how the Browns have had the Bengals number. How did they do it this time? This time, it was a little different than it's been in the past. This was the worst performance by Joe Burrow. Did weather factor in? Sure. It factored in somewhat for both Burrow and Deshaun Watson, who didn't play a great game either. Uh, did Joe Burrow's rust, did Joe Burrow's calf injury uh, play a factor? Probably a little bit. But the biggest factor of them all in this game was the Browns' stifling, energetic, enthusiastic, tough, badass defense. It's that simple. We can make all the excuses we want for why Joe Burrow didn't play. Most of you listening don't want to make excuses, and I don't make excuses. There are factors, but the biggest factor was the Browns' defense. The Browns' defense played with an intensity, a purpose, a focus that we have not often seen from this team. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to play this well every game the rest of the season. One game, one week one game, is not a season made, but it is a tremendous start. It's a good place to build from. Everybody defensively, I thought, played played at least solidly. I mean, I can't I can't name you a single person on the Browns defense where I would say, well, that guy had a rough game because there's nobody, because the Bengals did nothing. Offensively, Joe Burrow was 14 of 31, no touchdowns. The only thing the, the Browns didn't get is uh, was a was a turnover. That's it. Um, in fact, oddly, the Browns had both turnovers and, and still dominated the game. But uh, 
Burrow did nothing in the air. 82 yards passing. On the ground, you know, Joe Mixon was fine, but he didn't get the ball a ton. I mean, he wasn't amazing, but he wasn't bad. But anybody else that touched the ball did nothing. Overall, 20 carries for 75 yards. And at this point, listen, I love Jamar Chase. He's a great player. He's one of my favorite players. He needs to shut the hell up. The Bengals have done, did a little too much talking coming into this game. And once you lose, shut up. The team that wins can do all the talking they want. Browns can squawk as much as they want. They earned it. They won on the field. They kicked ass. They should be the ones doing the talking. The Bengals should shut the hell up. I don't want to hear from Jamar Chase right now. Stop with the elves nonsense. You sound like a fool. But across the board, and kudos, major kudos, to Jim Schwartz, who clearly his thumbprint was felt on this game. Miles Garrett was wreaking havoc. It's funny because he only gets one sack of the game. The Browns only had two sacks in the game, but it felt like they had 10 because they had Burrow uncomfortable all game. There was a lot of pressure. Uh, you had 10 quarterback hits. They hit him a lot. Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith both with four quarterback hits. That didn't even include the hit. Miles Garrett hit Joe Burrow when the whistle had blown which I got no problem with. Miles Garrett's smart. You know, intimidate. You got to do it that way. Wasn't a dirty one. You know, if he'd gone after his knees or something, maybe, but that didn't happen. That was a good clean hit. After the whistle, I didn't hear it. That's fine. I got no problem with that. Those two guys were causing some major havoc, and then my, if the Bengals had any chance of making a run early in the fourth quarter, Miles Garrett sacks Joe Burrow to end the series, and that was that. It was a very impressive performance. The Browns were were very strong up front. Agbo Akonkro, I think I screwed up his name. Uh, I thought he played well. He had a sack. He had another tackle for loss. Shelby Harris contributed in his first game. The secondary, once again, was outstanding against the Bengals. I, I mentioned uh, on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on Friday, we talked about an X-Factor player. Um. Oh, no, 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 this was not the end. Well, we did talk about that, but the player, what I was thinking of is we talked about a player that's not being talked about that should be. And my guy was Grant Delpit. We don't talk about Grant Del- Delpit a lot. He was without Juan Thornhill, so you had a bat. Now, the, the backup safety was Rodney McLeod, a very experienced and solid player, and he did a good job too. But Grant Delpit, I thought, played an outstanding game, and – Remember, this is this is a guy who had been a big disappointment until the middle of last year. He was a high draft pick, second-round pick. He'd been a huge disappointment for a few years. Even through the first half of last year, he was not playing well. Second half of the season, he really turned it on, and he got off to a great start. He was a force, tackling machine. You ideally don't want your, your, your safeties leading the team in tackles, um, but... He he was all over the place. Eight tackles, seven solo, one for a loss, one pass defended, one quarterback hit on a blitz. He was great. Denzel Ward did his thing. Uh, Greg, I thought Greg Newsom played very well. Martin Emerson, the whole secondary deserves major kudos. The Browns played great special team. We'll get to the offense. Browns special teams. Corey Bjorkes punting was great. Kept burying the Bengals in the first half. 
when the game was, you know, a, a game. Dustin Hopkins, his first game as a Brown, perfect. Three for three. We talked about it. Under 45, he's in great shape. Three field goals, made them all, 43 and, and closer. Made his extra point, all four right down the middle. No problems on coverage. Uh, I, I thought the Brown special teams did a nice job. Now let's talk about the offense. So this was very interesting because the Browns won this game handily against one of the best teams in football without much of a passing game. Deshaun Watson got it going a little later, but overall he was extremely inefficient. Again, like I said with Burrow, not the injury because he wasn't injured or the rust because he didn't miss time this preseason. But Deshaun Watson was dealing with the same elements that Joe Burrow was. He was also de- dealing with a defense. It gets lost in the game. The Bengals' defense played very well in this game. And that's why I give the Browns credit for wearing them down in the fourth quarter, especially, and putting this game away. The Jermaine Pratt was all over the place. Logan Wilson, uh, um, the uh, Jedrick Wills had his hands full with Trey Hendrickson. I mean, he was killing them. The Bengals' defense played very well. They just ran out of gas because – Unlike the Browns, who were able to move the ball, some, the Bengals couldn't move it at all. Bengals D ran out of gas. So he was facing a tough defense also. The weather conditions weren't ideal, but not a great game for Deshaun Watson in the passing game. He was 16 of 29, averaged just over five yards per attempt. That's not good. 154 yards, not good. One touchdown, one pick. Ball was tipped. Uh, He was sacked three times. There was some pressure. We'll get to the tackles in that situation in a minute. Uh, but uh, he was not very effective. There were a lot of bad throws, a lot of off-target throws. Again, I think the weather played a factor, but just like I'm not going to make excuses for Burrow, I'm not going to do it for Watson. He needs to play better in the passing game. The positive is I thought he showed command and leadership of the huddle. I thought he showed a confidence. I thought he showed his willingness to realize that the running game is what's working for us, especially in this weather, especially because I have a superstar running back, especially because I can do things with my legs. And he was all in on the running game because he has options when he's out there and he used good judgment there. So his play as a passer needs to get better. It wasn't good enough. They're not going to consistently win if he play, if he is as inaccurate as he was. We need to see more accuracy from Deshaun Watson. But I thought there were some positive signs uh, from his game. Again, long way to go, but there were positive signs from his game. Uh, his, his, his leadership was outstanding. The confidence, the cockiness was there. That's what we need from him. He seems, I, as long as he has those things, the, the accuracy in the passing game will come. I'm convinced of that. Uh, he was great on the ground. He had the touchdown, 13-yard touchdown run was impressive. He averaged nine yards per carry. Nick Chubb, what can you say? I mean, the Browns ran it 40 times. Jerome, they gave it to Jerome Ford a lot at the end, and Jerome Ford did, had one nice run for 17 yards. Didn't do much with the rest of them. But Nick Chubb was Nick Chubb. I mean, you want to talk about the Browns as the Browns? Well, Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. Uh, Nick Chubb was outstanding. A lot of tough running, a lot of extra yards. This, a lot of the great stuff we're used to seeing from Nick Chubb. He, you cannot tackle him easily. You cannot... You, you know, you you got to keep fighting because he's going to fight for every single freaking inch on that field. 18 carries, 106 yards, did all the dirty work there. He was outstanding. He was absolutely outstanding. Uh, Elijah, Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper only caught three of seven targets each. Neither one had much through the air. A couple of nice plays. 
Uh, Elijah Moore had a nice uh, 19 yard uh, run there on a trick play, which was which was good. Again, not much in the passing game. Uh, Elijah Moore is the leading receiver with 43 yards, but but I, I do believe that will come. And overall, an outstanding performance by the Browns, who win tw- by 21 points with their quarterback playing a not great game. That that's that's positive. That's positive uh, because I think there are uh, big games coming for Deshaun Watson. All right, few quick minutes on the Monday night, uh, Sunday night football game. Um, it was it was awful. There's not much to talk about. The Cowboys completely dominated. They were up 16 nothing after one, 26 nothing at the half, and that was it. Daniel Jones was awful in this game. Uh, he he went 15 of 28, two picks, no touchdowns. He didn't do any much on the ground either. Neither did Saquon Barkley, 12 of 51. Tony Pollard did his thing, 14 of 72 touchdowns. Dak didn't have much of a game, but it was all about the defense. They blocked the field goal, special teams, blocked the field goal, scored a touchdown on that. They had a pick six on Daniel Jones. It wasn't really his fault. It was it bounced off of Barkley and was a pick six. And uh, so, you know, the defense was fantastic. They had 10 tackles for a loss and seven sacks. Seven. And what's amazing is Micah Parsons only had one and Demarcus Lawrence only had one. It was these other guys. Dorrance Armstrong had two. Another guy whose name I can't pronounce, Osa Odigzua. I'm screwing up his name. I can't remember how to pronounce it. He had two sacks as well. They they were just stifling defensively. Remember, don't overreact or underreact. Don't overreact. Not underreact. Don't overreact. Bad or good. The Cowboys... This win doesn't make them the best team in football. The loss doesn't make the Giants the worst team in football. It was an impressive performance by Dallas. It was a terrible performance by the Giants. It's one game. You don't want to get too carried away. But uh, ugly, ugly stuff. Tonight, Monday Night Football, Jets are favored by, excuse me, the Bills are favored by two at the Jets tonight at the Meadowlands. Um, I like the Bills in this game. I did go. I don't. It's not a strong play for me. I had the Jaguars with my best bet. Uh, in the group picks we do at Bet Rivers with a lot of the other hosts, I went four and one. I couldn't pick the Jaguars in that one because the uh, the guys picked the five games they want us to to pick for you, and I went four and one of those plus the Jags, so five and one overall. But I lean towards the Bills tonight at the Jets. Buffalo uh, favored by two. Early uh, look at the lines for next week. By the way, for the Browns, the Browns uh, play Monday Night Football next week, so they'll play one week from today. They have opened this at Bet Rivers as a one and a half point favorite at the Steelers. Steelers looked absolutely awful yesterday. Browns looked great, so that's a big factor there. Uh, I think before the season, the Steelers were favored in this game, but uh, Browns one and a half point favorite. The other AFC North game, uh, Bengals are actually even with their bad performance, and the Ravens win over Houston. Bengals three point favorites in their home opener against Baltimore. All right, uh, thanks as always to Brian Monzo for producing. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'll be back on Wednesday. We'll recap Monday Night Football. We'll look ahead to see if the Browns are completely healthy and how other teams survive potential injuries this week, some that did not, including J.K. Dobbins of the Ravens going down for the year. We'll talk about that all later in the week. Where else? But right here with the Bull in Cleveland with me, Adam the Bull. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Bull in Cleveland on the Bet Rivers Network.